Hello and welcome to the Real Heroes of E-Commerce. I am your host, Jason, and on today's show, we are talking with Will Lawrenson about conversion rate optimization and his framework for approaching new projects. This is part of our segments and strategy series, which going forward, you can find on our Substack. So be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on any of these interviews. Okay, let's get to the show. Okay, Will, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, so uh, tell us a little bit about how you got started in CRO. Uh, yeah, sure. So um, I think really it goes back to pretty much my first job, to be honest. Um, I, I worked for a, uh, I guess like an incubator, uh, like an early, a weird, small incubator thing. Um, and I went through a sales role and then I got into marketing um, and I was only there, I think I was there two and a half years in total, but then I, in the, in the kind of the last stage there, I moved into this uh, kind of business development role mm-hmm. where we were trying to build a new product for the business that would increase the value of the business so the owner could sell. Um, and the idea was we'd, we'd take bits from, you know, all the best bits from the other companies within this, this group. Um, so that kind of got me into this customer research piece and, um, and UX stuff, you know, looking at how how do we get people to take an action within this app as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, I left there, moved to a startup, and I, I went through a couple of startups over the next few years, and the same problem kept popping up. It was, here's a load of money, like marketing team, here's your budget, here's a load of money, go and acquire customers for us. Yeah, And it just, it didn't work because, you know, and this, this is in the days where Facebook ads were just, you know, stick an image up put some budget behind it and you drive traffic right. it worked really well um but we we struggled to convert people and we struggled to retain customers and it was always down to product mm-hmm. and it was always you know we need to make this bit better or we need to make that bit better um and there were uh kind of cultural uh maybe cultural differences isn't the right word uh local you know localization differences right right so uh one of the companies i worked with well, both of them were headquartered in europe um, and the, the the second one I worked for was a, a car club sort of thing, a bit like Zipcar. So we had to verify um, addresses. We had to verify, you know, your driving details. And they actually built a second version of this app. So this was supposed to be our big relaunch and everything. And they sent over the preview version of it to me. We're playing around with it. And I tried to sign up. And that's when I realized I could literally not put my address into this thing. Oh. Because it didn't allow for a UK postcode which is what we use you know, to identify a house pretty much or a, a road or a, a building. Um, and it meant you literally couldn't sign up if you're in the UK. And they had no idea about this. Like, they didn't know that was a thing. Um, so there was that and yeah, this whole like, acquisition thing. So I started to move more and more towards working with the product teams themselves and saying, look, you know, here are the bottlenecks with the product. Uh, here's the feedback we're getting from customers. Um, here's just, you know, our feedback as a team, mm-hmm. uh, we need to be doing better at, at, you know, making the product work. And so that kind of got me into this, uh, into testing and, and CRO. I mean, I, at the time I didn't know CRO was a thing. When was didn't... it? Oh, this would be 20. So that car club was about 2016. Okay. Right. But I, I didn't know the term CRO at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is what I was, I was, you know, I was doing customer research, looking at uh, analytics, trying to find, you know, where the problems were and how to fix them. 
Um, and then, yeah, over the next couple of years, uh, I took a, a role as head of conversion for a gaming company in the UK, um, did that for a couple of years. And then uh, when I left there, I just decided, right, let's let's go out on my own. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, let's give this a go. And uh, yeah, two and a half years later, almost three years later, here we are. Nice. Yeah. So along that, you you started a podcast as well. Yeah, so I started a podcast back in, uh, so the first recording was in March 2020. Okay. Um, which right. coincides with lockdown. But yeah. actually it, was, it, it, wasn't a, it wasn't a lockdown podcast. I'd been planning it for a, a couple of months mm-hmm. um, just as a, you know, a content piece for, for the business. And yeah, it just happened to be just as things locked down, right. um, which, which was kind of, kind of good, actually. It gave me, gave me more time. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that first lockdown, I was working, you know, 16 hour days because right. I had nothing else to do. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, we're all kind of doing so, that. Yeah. Re- really got into the podcast. Um, we've now, what are 123 episodes was this week. Mm-hmm. And, and I've got another five or six recorded already. That's- so, yeah, it's not looking like it's slowing down, which is good. That's awesome. We're only on, I think this is number 16. So, Okay. Yeah, just just keep keep going. Mm-hmm. So on your website, you I think the tagline is helping D 2 C e commerce ditch the discounts. Yeah. So where did that come from? Um, uh, where did it come from? I think it came out of a uh, a, a kind of a brainstorming session, uh-huh. right? So I was I was speaking to some. Uh, like ta- my target audience, right? So heads of e-commerce, heads of marketing, that sort of that sort of group. And I, I'm in this networking group, so I reached out to a few people and said, "Oh, actually, I remember I I posted two headlines in the group, mm-hmm. and I said, vote for the one you you like the most." And then I messaged each person who voted and said, "Can I jump on a call with you and discuss you know why you picked that um, that response?" Customer read through all the time. <laughs> yeah, um, and through those conversations it just became apparent that in order to improve conversion, most people were relying on discounts. Mm-hmm. They, just, they just felt that they had to, they had to give discounts to, to get people that, on that first purchase. They had to send emails with discounts um, to, to have a chance of getting the majority of people to come back. So this whole ditch the discounts, obviously uh, it's alliteration, right? So it's, it sounds right. quite good. Um, and, and it sounds quite powerful, I think. So yeah, that's kind of where it all came from. Mm-hmm. So what have, what have you seen on this? Because I remember a couple of years ago, I read an article. I think it was by the founder of Lululemon. And that was the, the same theme he had talked about in that article about how brands who only focus on discounts become a discount brand and will eventually kind of eat themselves. Yeah, so there's two, I think there's two reasons why that happens. Firstly, the customers look at it and go, you know, why would I buy full price? I know this company always sends a discount out. And the company, the people in the company, they're the ones who, you know, they've got targets, right? Growth targets, revenue targets. So when they send out an email, which has got a 20% discount code and they get a flood of sales, they get to say, well, you know, I did that. these are the campaigns that generate revenue. You know, if you're going to give me high targets, I'm going to hit those targets by discounting. Mm-hmm. And then it gets, it's it's like a self, what's the phrase? 
foretelling, mm. self-foretelling prophecy. Is that the word? You know what I mean. That's, uh, <laughs> that's not the word. Self-fulfilling, yeah. Uh, self-fulfilling prophecy. Um, you you dis you know, you keep discounting because it gets you sales, and so more customers realise that they don't have to buy at full price. They only wait for a discount, which means outside of the discounting, your performance is worse, which means that the discount discounts become more attractive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that is the problem. And also, if you're if you're discounting, it means you're not differentiating yourself. Right, you're not you're not focusing on why people should buy from your business. You're you're kind of saying like there's no there's there's less risk buying from us, mm-hmm. right? Because our product's cheaper. We, you've probably got a free returns policy as well, right? So you're you're de- you are de-risking that purchase, but you're doing it in a way which doesn't uh, doesn't kind of um, get that person attached to their purchase. Mm-hmm. Right, they're, they're too incentivized. It becomes a bit of an impulse purchase, almost. I mean, I'm talking a little bit extreme, mm-hmm. but you know, I, I know I've done it. I've I've had products sat on myself on my shelf for you know, possibly months because I've clicked on an, uh, an Instagram advert. It's been overly incentivized, and I've just thought, okay, well, why not? I'll just check it out. Like, who cares? And because I don't care, it turns up. I look at the box. I know exactly what it is. It's probably something I don't really want. I just, I just decided to buy it because it was, you know, a, a couple of quid plus shipping, mm-hmm. um, and then it just sits on the on the on the shelf, and I'm never going to go back and buy from that business again. So, yeah. yeah, that's 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 the problem, really. You know, you're you're not focusing on why you should why people should buy the product itself. You're literally just saying, "Here's a discount. Please buy it." Why not? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay, well, let's uh, let's get into a segment that you find interesting and, and kind of go into how we how you approach those segments um, in CRO. Yeah, so one that I focus on a lot, um, which I think makes sense for a lot of people, really, is is new customers or new visitors to your website. But you know, according to Google Analytics, the vast majority of your website traffic is new visitors, mm-hmm. right? doesn't necessarily mean they're new to your business right they might they might literally just come back minutes later on their phone um they might wipe their cookies and that cash and everything um so it doesn't mean they're new to your brand but it means uh, the vast majority of people are still going to be new right so what i like to focus on is i guess it's kind of assume the visitor is an idiot mm-hmm. right something my my mum used to say to me at exam time every year Assume the the examiner is an idiot, right? So spell everything out, make everything as clear as possible, put it in as simple terms as possible, right? Treat them as if they know nothing about what you're about to tell them, mm-hmm. right? And if you if you take that approach, you're going to start answering the customer's questions because you, you will get some kind of expert level people who know your category, but they've just never heard of you. So mm-hmm. they know the products. They they will skim through your product pages. They just want to understand if they want to buy from you. But you're also going to get those people who have never made a purchase in this category and need that support. All right. Two examples that I've been looking at recently. Um, one is a I've got a CBD client, mm-hmm. right? And a lot of a lot of customer feedback through interviews and surveys is they don't they don't understand CBD. Right. Right. They they know it's apparently got benefits, but that's pretty much all they can tell me. So. Our CRO focus needs to be: let's answer these questions for people, 
Um, annoyingly, you've got to do it in a really compliant way, which means you can't use a lot of customers' language, um, which right. is a bit frustrating. But but yeah, you, you need to answer those questions. And the, the other one I um, was speaking to today was a music company. And this is quite an interesting one because... Again, I, uh, this is kind of speculation because I haven't done the research yet because it was just an initial chat. But if I come to a music website, I've probably got an idea in mind of what I want to purchase. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I think it's rare someone lands on a website and doesn't have a clue whether they want to buy a guitar or drums. Mm-hmm. Right. You, you know the category, but that might be all you know. Right. I fancy playing the drums or I fancy playing guitar. You go to the website, you click into all electric guitars or all drums, then suddenly you're hit with like hundreds of different products. Right. At different price points. Um, you get seven or eight string guitars. You get, uh, I think it's called headless guitars, you know, all these different types. If you're reasonably new to this, you might not have a clue at all what all that means. So most likely you're just going to bounce. Right. Or you might go and do some research off-site, but then that research might lead you to another another website. So the focus there is, you know, you know, you might ask, what instrument are you looking for today? Okay, cool. Uh, what style of music do you want to play? Okay, this. Um, what is your experience level with? Uh, you might even just say with instruments, right? With playing music, it doesn't have to be with an electric guitar. It could just be what's your experience with musical instruments. And use those answers to then say to people, okay, this is the kind of collection that we would recommend to you. And how would you put that sort of conversation on the website between the customer and the and the website? Is it like for like filtering or like a, one of those? I, I, you, you can do it with filters. Um, I'm also experimenting with a few kind of quizzes and things like product wizards. Um, just get people to answer questions. Um, they will, you know, the new customers will do that. Uh, the ones who know what they're doing, they are the ones who will ignore that quiz, go off and do their own thing. You know, they they will find the guitar that they're looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, the people who don't know what they're doing, they want that help. So they might contact customer service. They might uh, do the product wizard. Uh, they might want to do comparisons mm-hmm. as well. So when you when you give them that collection of products that you're saying is right for them, you know, you might have a guitar that's five hundred pounds. You might have one that's seven fifty. So that person's going to want to know what's the difference between a 500 and a 750. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it's, so yeah, with essentially with new customers, you, you want to uh, actually, so another way of explaining it actually. So I, I focus on three, three areas with CRO. Mm-hmm. So there's usability, anxiety, and motivation. So usability is uh, firstly, does your website work? Um, literally just, just literally does it work, uh, you know, on all devices. Um, but also, does it help me find what I'm looking for? Is it actually a helpful website or is it a mess and I'm struggling to browse it? And, you know, if I, I land on one product, I decide it's not right for me and I just cannot find an alternative product. Right. That's a problem. Second is, is anxiety. Right. So that's what questions and concerns I have as a customer. Are you answering those? And that's about both the product and the, uh, the business itself. Right. So when it comes to the product, it's, you know, what is the difference between a 500 pound guitar and a 750 pound guitar? You're, you're telling me there's a both uh, relevant to, to newbies, to, to music. Um, they're both good for playing rock music. So what is the difference between, between these two? Um, and that might also include, I've never heard of your business. 
like how can I trust your business? So, you know, social proof, reviews, um, having customer support available, things like that. Um, and then there's motivation. And the motivation is uh, there's a little bit of kind of scarcity and urgency in there to just kind of nudge people along. But also really it's like people, you know, looking at images and then going, I want to look like that. Okay. Right. So it could be clothing, clothing or jewelry, for example. You're looking at these images going, wow, that looks incredible. I want to look like that. Mm -hmm. that's the thing that kind of motivates people and gets them to go yeah okay i'm, I'm gonna buy it because if i don't buy it i'm not gonna look as cool as that picture <laughs> right so yeah those are the kind of the three areas i look at and you know when you apply that to new customers it's it's much easier actually because you're always saying you know what are the questions you would have as a new customer let's answer those questions mm -hmm. uh, and obviously the easiest way to do that is email your customers or speak to them Mm -hmm. um, and just find out what those questions were. Yeah, really good. So when those customers aren't ready and they're just going off and, you know, they're just checking on the phone at lunch or whatever, and they, they go off and come back. Um, what have you seen in terms of like keeping them engaged if they don't convert on that first, you know, visit? So, I mean, I don't deal with the advertising side. Mm -hmm. like retargeting the stuff. So I'm not going to comment on that. Um, but I would try and, I would try and capture an email address whenever you can. And you can do it in ways that encourage people to actually give you the email address. Right. So if you, if you stick up a, a stick a pop up in front of someone and say, I'll oh, join our newsletter, get 10% off, give us your email. You, know, you might get three or 4% conversion rate, something, but you also can't do anything with that. But if you stick something in front of them and say, uh, you know, answer a few questions and we'll we'll help you find the right instrument. I'm just sticking with music. Yeah. Um, you know, they they answer they they put their email address in. They tell you what their level is. They tell you what instrument they're looking for. Tell you the style of music they want to play. Um, you know, there might be another question that you want to ask as well. But they answer those questions, and then you can start following up with relevant content on that. Mm -hmm. So you can, you know, plug that into your advertising and advertise the relevant content to them. Um, you can also email them mm. uh, and kind of nurture them towards the purchase. Right. I was I was reading something about how when you get a customer or a client to say yes to one thing, they're more likely to continue to say yes to the following things. So yeah. are you looking for, I say, a guitar today? And they say yes and move on to the next question. Then they're more likely to keep going just that sort of momentum yeah it's a it's a sales strategy um yeah you you basically ask a question i mean you don't make it obviously too stupid but you make <laughs> you you ask them a question which they're obviously going to say yes to mm -hmm. um but which is still relevant to the conversation if you can get that yes then you know the next yes is a bit easier and so is the next one mm -hmm. and you've 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 put that kind of yes and positive reaction in uh, into that person's mind Really cool. Um, for smaller brands out there, you know, maybe they they're kind of solopreneurs trying to get started with CRO. What advice would you give them to kind of put them on the right path to understand CRO and to kind of get some things started or put in place to, you know, move on to more advanced things? Yeah. Um, first thing would be if you're under thirty to forty thousand visits, uh, unique unique users per month. Don't worry about A/B testing, mm -hmm. right? It's you're going to run one test a month, 
maybe with that number, that amount of traffic, I wouldn't worry about it. Do just focus on research. Um, find out what your customers want, find out what they're telling you, uh, and then and act on that. Right. And you've got so many sources of, of information for that. You you can literally reach out to them, ask them to to jump on calls, uh, to answer surveys. Um, but you could you've also got your um your customer support. Mm-hmm. Right. So what are the questions that come in? Uh, what are the complaints post-purchase? And just fix those. Uh, and look at reviews as well. Look at your reviews. Look at the reviews of your competitors. Right? Find out what people are saying is good about you. Make sure you're highlighting that on the website. Make sure that's obvious to new customers as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, find out what they're saying is bad. Go fix it. And do the same for your competitors. Find out what people are saying is bad about your competitor and make sure you're good at that. And then find out what they're doing well and make sure you're doing at least the same, uh, if not better. Mm-hmm. Awesome. It's really good advice. Yeah, thank you. Cool. Well, that's all I have. So thanks for coming on. Awesome. No problem. Yeah, it was good. Uh, thanks for having me. All righty. Thanks again to Will for being on the show. And if you enjoy these interviews, head over to heroes of and there's a lot more there. Thanks.